Build a stunning band website in minutes with Bandzoogle. Go to Bandzoogle.com to start your free 30-day trial and use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY to get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. I'm one of your two co-hosts, Michael Branvold, and as always, I'm joined by Jay Gilbert. How you doing this morning, Jay? I'm highly caffeinated today. I got a new coffee. Have you seen that Death Wish coffee? No. It's supposed to be like super caffeinated it's delicious by the way and this is not a plug for you know a commercial for them but i'm a little jacked i'm a little a little shaky <laughs> calm down take a deep breath so well I'm a little caffeinated I, I, I don't know i've never like i said i think i talked about this a couple weeks so i've never had coffee. yeah yeah you're not that's not your i'll get my caffeine through mountain dew that'll do it just uh, as well <laughs> probably more exactly <laughs> probably more exactly um, all right. So before we get into uh, this week's special guest, just um, some love, as always, for our sponsors. Thank you to Bruce and HypeBot.com and Bruce. everybody at BandsInTown.com for all you do to promote and support the Music Biz Weekly podcast. And, of course, Bandzoogle.com, built by musicians for musicians. Bandzoogle's an all-in-one platform. That makes it easy to build a beautiful website and EPK for your music. Bandzoogle powers the websites for tens of thousands of musicians around the world, from weekend warriors to Grammy winners. All the features you need for a professional website are already built in, including hosting and a custom domain name, dozens of fully customizable design templates, tools to sell your music, and merchandise commission-free. Fan club subscriptions that are commission-free. Crowdfunding services that are commission-free. Mailing list tools to grow your fan list and send newsletter letters. Of course, social media integrations with all the social networks. And live support from their musician-friendly team seven days a week. So we've got a special offer we've arranged for everybody who listens and watches the Music Biz Weekly Podcast. Head over to Banzoogle.com, sign up. You'll be able to try it for 30 days for free. But then put in the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY, all one word, MUSICBIZWEEKLY, and you'll get 15% off the first year of any subscription. So head over to Banzoogle.com, sign up, try it for free for 30 days. Use the promo code MUSICBIZWEEKLY and save 15% off that first year subscription. Good deal. And, uh, of course, DiscMakers.com. Thank you so much. We know it's a digital world, but there's still an important role for physical media for today's independent musician. Digital royalty payments are so small that selling products like CDs, vinyl, T-shirts at gigs has become an ever-so-important income generator. For every CD you sell a gig, you might roughly need 3,000 streams to make the same amount of money. And that can be a lot of streams for some people to, That's right. to build up. Yeah. Um, our friends at Disc Makers are the place to go for your discs and other physical media, including vinyl, USB drives, and even T-shirts. we got a special offer. Head over to DiscMakers.com, order 100 or more CDs which you'll go through pretty quick, Not a big especially, order. especially if you're doing shows. 100 or yep. more CDs, put in the code FREEBIZ, one word, FREEBIZ, and you'll get free shipping up to $150 with that order. So 
discmakers.com, order a hundred or more CDs, promo code FREEBIZ, and save up to $150 in shipping. So we got a special guest who's coming on this week yeah. to talk about more revenue streams. Yeah, we've got Alex Heike from Sound Royalties, and uh, he's going to talk about ways you can make money and also about, uh, on their website, they have uh, for free a uh, something you can download called 50 Income Streams. So uh, listen up. You might be able to find some uh, find some money here. Yeah, so let it roll. Alex, talking about new revenue streams for you. Today we have Alex Heike from Sound Royalties. Alex, thanks for joining our uh, show today. Happy to be here, Mike and Jay. So I took a look at your website. Uh, I was pretty impressed. Um, it sounds pretty exciting. Um, but before we kind of dig into that a little bit, um, tell us tell us at a kind of a high level, what is Sound Royalties all about? So Sound Royalties is a specialty finance firm that came to the industry a number of years ago with a different approach. You know, there's two banking models. There's the bank that gives you a car loan and then everyone owns the car. And then there's more of a pawn shop model where it's uh, entities were trying to buy copyrights from the financial entities, I should say, buying copyrights or providing loans and advances and then squeezing copyrights away from creatives. And so Sound Royalties was the first and still the only, as far as I'm aware of, especially finance firm that provides funding and financing to creatives, but we do not buy copyrights. In fact, we don't even get them in default. So we uh, we just, we believe creatives should retain their ownership. So you're basically giving in advance and you do the math and kind of figure out, okay. For that given period, is that kind of how it works? Yeah, so basically we provide an advance and say, you know, you need $9 well, for these next five periods. Why don't uh, you direct us two bucks a period? And if six comes in in the, in the first, let's say, year and we're expecting two, well, four passes through directly to the creative because we don't do 100% recoupment. So one, we don't get the copyrights, we don't buy the copyrights, but we and we also don't do it. 100% recoupment, which was also a tradition for the industry. When you got advanced, you didn't see another penny till you recouped. Um, we changed that model in the sense of allowing money to pass through the creatives uh, in a win-win type situation. Interesting. So, Alex, I assume you you do some due diligence, I, I would guess, on the potential clients that you're going to work with because there's got to be some there's got to be some history, some track record of them actually being able to generate money. Correct. Correct. And, and that was when we started, you know, we'd, we'd get three years of statements for the stream we were going to work with. And we try to forecast out because as you know, a song comes out, comes out and it starts to climb its income climbs and then it kind of drops off. And, and then there's a long tail of income that can typically follow. And that curve, that income curve is different by genre, different by whether it's domestic or international. Um, and how old is the song we look at? So there's a lot of factors. And over time we became better and better at forecasting uh, income streams and, and, and um, our, our 
you know, have become known as, as, as some of the industry experts in being able to understand what the uh, music may generate in terms of income now. Well, help me to understand, you know, just at its basic, you know, what is a royalty stream? Are we talking about, you know, publishing? Are we talking about masters? What, what for those that are listening that are trying to figure this thing out, what, what are you talking about when you say uh, royalty streams? So they're, they're income streams. And so, as you just mentioned, there's two copyrights every time a song is written. There's the composition, think the words and notes on the page, and then there's the sound recording. The, the, the artist that recorded that and, and the musicians that recorded that composition. From those two, sounds simple. Okay, so there's two copyrights, there's two income streams. In fact, no, there's so many income streams. We actually... Uh, released a, a, a guide just yesterday called 50 income streams every creative should know about and where to find them. And they can go through it and say, do I qualify for this? Do I qualify for this? And if they say yes, there's a link to find more information on it or actually go collect it from that entity. Um, and that's where you, when you start to hear about uncollected royalties and black box funds and things like that, there's so many royalty streams out there that even the great teams, you know, the, the global superstars that have big teams, stuff falls through the cracks. But in an independent day, you know, a day of independent creatives, just imagine they don't have the knowledge base and the know-how of all the different streams and where to go get them. Gotcha. And so that's, that's, that's something that we're trying to help with as well. And so... What kind of is that threshold? I, if if someone is getting, say, they're making, you know, five thousand dollars a year, ten thousand dollars a year in royalty, is that too small for you? No, actually, uh, that's a good start. So we it needs to be generating something, and sure. the reason being is, uh, if you look at performance income, a lot of it's based on random sampling, and so if you're earning couple hundred bucks a year or 1500 bucks a year, it starts and stops. It's, it's like turning on the spigot of, of water in an old house that hasn't been running for a while, it kind of sputters till it flows. Okay. But once you hit that three, four or $5,000 a year for a specific royalty stream, your publishing stream, your writer stream, your um, label income, distribution income, once it hits three, four or 5,000 a year, they all tend to be more stable and predictable. Yeah, uh, it's, it's like the income's flowing. And so that's the reason we ha we love to help as many people as we can, but we have to put in that that minimum three, four or five thousand dollars a year. Got it. So what what kind of artists are are you working with? Well, we work with those that are growing right now and in, independent and they're doing three, four or five thousand a year, 50,000 a year, a couple hundred thousand a year to yeah. the global multi-platinum superstars. I mean, you see sure. some of the names out there that have talked about us. Uh, and, and said great things about the work we're doing. So we, we, we work with all levels. Sure, and you don't care what genre or, you know, any of that. If they're touring, it's really more about just that revenue that's coming in from, from, the, from the artist. Well, so we do care. It doesn't stop us from working with someone that's got something that they're not touring on. It's some obscure genre. We will then say, you know what it is generating the income. Can we predict it? But those things impact it. The genre impacts 
you know, if you look at a country song, it, it takes a lot of money to start getting revenue streams going for a, a track in country. But once that machine gets rolling, the momentum continues for a lot longer. There's a much longer tail than some of the other genres. So we care, the genre tells us a little bit about what that income stream is going to look like. Gotcha. Now, what, how do you, how do I phrase this? How do you structure the deals with, with an artist? If you can get into that, like if an artist says, I want to get a big advance from you, I want, I want a lot of money up front. How much more do they have to give away in order to get that, you know, because I'm assuming all of your deals are probably different, unique to the artist, to what what their requirements are, what they their viability is. How 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 does an artist structure that? You know, is like, oh yeah, you know, give me you give me a few thousand dollars, or someone comes in and says, man, I need a boatload of money because I've got this big project planned next year, and your advance could make this happen. Mm-hmm. So that, unfortunately, a lot of artists and creatives have been conditioned to focus on the dollar amount. And I equate it to going to buy a, a car and focusing on the payment rather than what you're paying for the car. And what we try to, to retrain creatives is what is that project going to cost you and how much do you really need to raise? Not how big of a check am I going to give you? Because when they, when they try to sign a deal, it's about how big is that check? Not what that entity is going to do for them most of the time. It's more focused on the size of the check. With us, since we're operating more under a banking type model, it's important for them to focus, say, listen, it's a revolving door. The stream continues to perform, although it, it may qualify for X. Maybe you only need Y today and come back tomorrow for more if you need it because it's going to pay back. And, and, and so, you know, don't break the piggy bank. Don't push this to the limit. Don't, 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 get, gre- don't get. get greedy and take everything <laughs> up front. Cause it's your own, you own it. You're going to continue to own it. So don't, don't take from yourself if you don't have a use that's going to help you today. Cause it's like sand on the beach. You take that big wad of money that it's going to slip through your fingers much quicker than you'd like. Right. So, so we try, we try to focus people on specific projects, ideas, dollar amounts, and then create an ongoing relationship where they can come again and again and again. Okay. So, so here's a kind of a two part question. One, how do you make your money? And two, is there kind of a minimum term? Mm -hmm. So, uh, one, we, we charge fees like a banquet. So in my initial example, you want $9. We may say over the next five periods, pay us $2 a period. So there's $10 repayment. So we, we built in fees into the transaction, but they're fixed. And so you know when you're going into a transaction exactly what the terms are going to be. And it's based on what the risk is. The more you, you make us rather than six months go out, five years, seven years, the longer the term, it's harder to predict further out in the future. The riskier it gets. The, if, if I expect you to earn $2 and you want me to advance all $2 of that, that's riskier than if you say, hey, Alex, I only need $1.25 per period advanced. There's more cushion to ensure that lessens the risk. And then in terms of term, everyone's different. Um, you know, we do bridge fund, funding now when people – 
tell us. They come to us and say, hey, I'm going to sell my catalog. We won't buy it from them, but we'll give them you know, money for six months and say, use this as a bridge to go shop and talk to as many people as you can to get the most. Because normally when people decide to sell their copyrights, it's in a time of need. And so yeah. there's a desperation that can ca- cause them to lose out. And so we try to slow them down and say, listen, we're not going to buy it, but we can point you in the direction of people that do, you know, because we, we have so many countless streams going through our system. We know who the buyers are, what they're paying. So we kind of point them and say, make sure you talk to many people. If you run out of people to talk to, we can give you some more names, but take your time, get the most because right. it's so, a one time so- deal. Alex, that leads to a question I had just jotted down here. Um, what can art an artist cuts a deal with you? What sort of of restrictions are on them about even though they own the copyrights still? Can they just go out and still sell their copyrights to somebody else if they've already cut a deal with you? How does how does that all work out? Do you have you know Do you have to get paid off a, a lump sum if they sell it? How does that work? Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head. So, you know, if, if you take a car loan and you owe the bank money on the car and then you sell the car, you pay the bank off. So, yes, we provide funding, but we won't, won't buy it. And if they decide to sell it, they go out and shop it. The buyer pays us off and gives them the delta. Okay, so there, there's, there's, no, there's no restrictions on what they can do with their copyrights, even if they've worked out a deal with you. Well, so there's there's restrictions in the sense that if they decide to sell them, we need to be paid. Sure. Um, you know. But but there's no restriction saying so, you can't sell as long as you have our deal. You got to pay us off first before you cut a deal with somebody else. There's nothing like that. That's a that's a, that's a pet peeve of mine, and you just hit right on it. Is I've seen deals where people have taken advances. And it says, if you decide to sell, you can only sell to that entity. You can't even shop it around or they'll sue you. That's just wrong. No, no, no. So one, I won't buy it, but no, I, I, I encourage them to talk to as many people if they decide to sell it and, and they can sell it to whoever they want for whatever amount they want. I hope they get the most, but we just need to be paid off. So, Alex, tell me a little bit about you. Are, how did you get into this? Were you a songwriter, performer? Are you an attorney? How did you get into this? I was a band geek. <laughs> Played yeah. Half a dozen instruments. Loved, yeah, I loved music and, and started out uh, as a child in music. And then when I went to college, I transitioned into software and then specialty finance. And then in 2013, I basically jumped off a cliff and decided to build an airplane on the way down. And <laughs> Sometimes that gives you motivation. Yeah. And I decided I was going to come to the music industry and I wanted to be part of it because I loved yeah. it and I love music. Um, and so that's when I started to look around and, and looked at partnering with companies, buying companies that were out there. And, and I just didn't like the models that I saw. And finally I decided to start sound royalties with, those basic concepts. We don't buy copyrights, don't get them in default. We allow pass-through income. And I wanted to compete with uh, banking alternatives. So, you know, make it competitive and fair. 
and and actually people told me at the time it, you can't make money because there's not enough deal volume. Well, now we're the largest in the industry. It, it created its own deal volume because it wasn't available to people before. We didn't know what the deal volume would be. Got you. Um, and it's, you know, the market has shifted and you know, this is a time for independent artists. So one, it, 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 it created an opening for people that are signed to publishers and labels and, and we work with those people. But as we transition to streaming, yeah, you know, the independent artists, it created an opportunity for them to say, Hey, let me reinvest in myself without someone else having control. Um, you know, and, and so all those people started to pop up. And if you think about it, there was, we used to, the, the industry used to compete for about 30,000 new songs a year coming out and which of those songs were fun yeah. time on the radio. Those were the days. Right now it's, yeah. And, 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 but it was said that, Hey, it's not a level playing field because unless you get that big machine behind you and you sign away this and that, you can't make, get your music out there. And so 30,000 new songs were competing for radio time in a year. Now mm-hmm. it's 40,000 new songs a day being uploaded to Spotify. So that, yes, the, the playing field is leveled in the sense that you can get your music out there, but now how do you get it heard? Right. Uh, and, you know, we're hearing amazing different stories of what makes this song or that song break. And it's changing continually. Yeah, it's definitely a new a new music business. Uh, sorry, Michael, go ahead. I was going to say, Alex, so obviously it's in, in your best interest that the royalty streams continue and grow for the, mm-hmm. the artists you work with. Do you provide um, other services to the artists to help those streams potentially grow? Absolutely because it's in our best interest and it's their best interest. So those creators that come under the sound royalties umbrella and, and, and work with us, the first thing we start to do, and I didn't know, you know, when you look back, you can connect all the dots and it makes log- it's logical. Going forward, we just started providing advances. Then we started to realize that the PROs, ASCAP sees ASCAP streams, BMI sees yep. BMIs, CSEC sees CSEC, the publishers each individually see theirs, the labels, distributors see theirs. We have a cross section of everybody's and we have thousands of streams coming through us. So we started to become very knowledgeable in finding uncollected royalties. And so we started to help our creatives uncover what aren't you collecting? Where are these you know, voids of income that you should be seeing? And a couple of years ago, I think when we first started it, we found eight and a half million dollars for 400 creatives. And about two years ago, we found over 19 million dollars. That's a free value add. It's a free service. Yeah, and that's so incredible. People say, "Well, why would you do that for free?" Well, like you just said, it, it's in my best interest to ensure that they're getting what they should be, and it ensures that we get paid back. But we try to help as many people as we can, and hence the the guide we, that we just released. It sure tells everybody you can go to, go to our website and go to the blog and you'll see the guide and you can just start clicking on it and seeing, am I collecting this? Am I collecting that? Yeah. Um, so be, be, I mean, besides, besides helping them discover these revenue streams that they didn't know about, do you do things like help with song placement? You know, will you help them point them in the direction of somebody who could, get this track added to a movie soundtrack added to a TV show. 
because um, obviously that's going to increase revenue streams as well. Absolutely. But the things that we do is we have a media uh, team now uh, that will shoot content uh, with creatives and, and promote that on, uh, on, on line and through the various forums. Uh, it's, it's not just the streams they're not collecting. I was working with a major artist yesterday and I looked at his streams with his attorney and I said, I can see just looking at this chart, it was just a summary of total income for the year that you're not collecting everything you should. Something's not right. And they said, well, what do you see? And I said, well, your, your BMI is paying, and let's say a hundred thousand dollars, but your publishing is paying $40,000. Your performance income with BMI and the writer's share should be the performance income on the publisher's share minus what you know, the transaction is. It's not adding up. Uh, and then on top of that, they're, they're doing – your publisher is providing sync and mechanicals. And she's like, yeah, we had a big sync placement last year, and I don't see it there. And I said, well, there, there you, you go. go. So it's with – yeah, so – we find anomalies. We look for not just what are you not collecting in terms of entire streams, but what are you not collecting in the streams? We're shooting media content. Uh, we do connect creatives. We have such a, um, a strong relationship with so many creatives now that quite often somebody says, Hey, I'm looking for a manager and I can, we can rattle off a few names of people that we know that are might match be in the same wheelhouse as them, or we connect writers together um, you know, that, Hey, do you know, so-and-so we love, and we, do, we don't want anything for that. I do that more out of the love and, and sound relatives does it more out of a passion. Um, you know, different things that we can do and have the bandwidth to do. We try to do. Alex. Yeah. But if, if you find me some money, um, I'm more likely to stay with you as a client. I think, you know, the 50 income streams is, is really smart, you know, to have that on your website and then providing that service, you know, if I come to you and I'm an artist and you say, look, I've, I've found all this money for you, you know, there's going to be some loyalty there. Absolutely. We, and, and hence you start to see bigger bigger names talk about us because they become raving fans about what we do. And it's, you know, it's the chicken before the egg, right? Do you do this? And then wait for them to talk to you or do you make them? So we, we started doing the right things from the get go and the rest did follow. Alex. So obviously you, you do your due diligence up front to try and project out future royalty streams before you get into a relationship with an artist. What happens if, you know, something happens and the royalty stream dries up and there's no income coming Ah. in, but, they're still in a deal with you. How did, what, what happens with, to the artist in that a situation like that? Well, in a, in a traditional banking situation, if you stop paying for the car, they're going to take it. <laughs> I realized right from the get go. If, if I did a transaction with someone on their, uh, Warner stream, if that Warner stream dried up or their sound exchange and I went after them or took the copyright, you know, it created, it would make me like everybody else and put me more in the pawn shop model, even though it isn't. And when people sometimes do have to take it, it necessarily isn't the wrong thing to do, but I didn't want to head down that path. So in our situation is if you take an advance on a stream of income, let's say sound exchange, 
if that sound exchange and I'm, I'm expecting $10 to flow in over five years, if in year one, two, three, and four, nothing comes in. And in year five, 11 comes in, they get a dollar. I get 10, no penalty, nothing. Everything's fine. Everybody's happy. If only nine comes in, it dried up a little bit and it, it just came short, which very rarely happens because we're conservative because we don't have recourse in the sense of being able to go against the creative or any of their other assets. We're focused on that stream. So all that can happen is one of three things. One, they can pay us a dollar. Two, they can do a transaction as long as the stream supports it for a dollar or more or whatever they need and you know, just enter into a new transaction. Three, if they don't do either of that, then we're caught holding paper. And what that means is we're, we stay focused on that transaction and collecting on that stream until we get that dollar. Plus, then there's a penalty of, of 5% per quarter on just the dollar until we collect it and then they're out. So we, we okay. still don't go after the copyright. We don't go against them personally if in the uh, instance where the stream just came up short. And we understood. Yeah. And, 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 and as you said, like in a traditional banking sense, you're not asking for your clients to put collateral up. We're working with the income stream. That's, that's what, that's the collateral in the stream that we're working with. Okay. So if I'm coming to you, I'm an artist and I'm making, you know, let's just make up a number, you know, $10,000 a year and it's viable for you. Um, how many years of history uh, do you need? And are you pulling that? Are you um, asking them to provide that? How do you know if you've got the right uh, client for, you know, for your services? No, great question. So what we do is, is if you're earning 10,000, 10 million, we um, get, three years of statements with CSV files in history, which they can provide, or most of the time they just provide us the logins and we just instantly download what we need and do an analysis. Gotcha. When they do that, they have no obligation. To, they just want to know what we can do, but that's when we start to do the uncollected search and we start to find out and point out what they're not collecting. And then we turn around and we say, we can give you up to this. What are you trying to accomplish? How much do you really need? And we try to tamper that down uh, to keep it to something that can actually make a difference for them and won't hurt them. And, uh, and we tell them what they're going to earn in the next year and over the next 20 years based on our models. So a teacher knows what she's going to earn next year. Yeah. A police officer knows what he's going to earn next year. Creatives know, I think it's going to be a good year, or it's going to be a little yeah, down. Yeah, my gut's telling me. <laughs> yeah. Well, is it in the release cycle? Am, am I going to tour? Are there any drivers? I mean, they can, you know, it's not as stable as my, my wife, who's a school teacher. She knows kind of exactly what's happening. But you kind of know what's, you know, what's going to be going on. Yeah, and so we, we then, they, from just sharing with us the streams, we can tell them what they qualify for tell them what they're going to earn in the future from just those gotcha. dreams. Not if they write, I'm not going to say you're writing new songs and stuff like that. And we can point out uncollected royalties, but that's where we start. And that just starts with a simple, let us give us the logins for these streams and we'll download it or provide these statements. Great. So let, let, let me ask you if, if there are artists that are listening or managers that are listening 
and they, they find this as compelling as we do, you know, they can go check out the 50 income streams on your website. But what's the best way for them to reach out to you and sound royalties to find out more and to have that conversation? They can, uh, on our forum, on our website, there's a forum, get more information. They can pick up the phone and call 844-4ALL-MUSIC. They can find us on social media, whether it's Instagram and, and different social medias. I'm personally on social media and Instagram, and they can reach me there at Sound Royalties. So we're available, and we're happy to have the conversation. It's what we do every day, and, and, and then love it. And you're, you're uh, Alex Heike, H-E-I-C-H-E, and you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram for folks who want to uh, reach out to you? Absolutely. Okay. Yep. So sound at Sound Royalties and at Alex Heike. Awesome. Excellent. Alex, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to talk to us. This is fascinating stuff. No, thank you. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks, Jay. Uh, always, always happy to talk. Thank you. All right. Thank you so Especially much, Alex. Especially has to do with music and, and royalties. So. And, 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 and income streams, because <laughs> that, that's what it's all about these days, is finding more income streams for, for artists. Yeah. yeah, it's harder and harder. Yeah, well, it, 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 yeah it's, it's not just about producing music. It's producing music and actually making money from it. Yep. Right? Amen. And, and that's where we try to help. Yep. All right. Thanks all right, so much, thanks Alex. Thanks again, Alex. Thanks, Take care. Guys. Bye. All right. Cheers. Bye. Yep. Bye-bye. Discmakers.com. Use code FREEBIZ for ground shipping on CD orders of 100 units or more, $150 value. Um, <laughs> I love the concept that, that Alex was was telling us about here. You know, it's basically I getting, do too. getting money, advances on your future royalties. And right. if you've got an income stream out there, leverage it. Yeah, if you're bringing in money, he was saying that, you know, they give advances from anybody making, you know, $3,000 a year, which is a pretty low threshold to, you know, like 10 million. So if you earn more than 3k a year, you know, you you might be able to uh get an advance and and to your point earlier, if you're putting out uh, a new record or you want to, you know, uh put together a tour or whatever it is that you need funding, it instead of, you know, uh, putting yourself in debt, it may be a good idea to kind of leverage that against what you're already earning with your music. And I love the fact that they don't take it away from you. Yeah, they, they don't they, own it. They, they, don't, they don't take the copyright. You don't even put the copyright up as collateral, which is, you know, they're, they're, they're taking a risk there. Obviously, they do their best never to put themselves in risky situations. But as yeah. he outlined... If something did dry up, you know, there's basically three options they have, but none of those options are taking ownership of your copyright. Right. It's something you should consider during your release cycle, if it makes sense for you. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, there's always sort of been an ongoing philosophy of, you know, it's, it's smarter to spend other people's money than your own money. <laughs> You know, yep. and, and yeah, exactly. So even though you might have the income stream coming in, if somebody else is willing to give you some money in advance that you're pretty confident you're going to pay off over the term, spend their money rather than yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and do yourself a favor. Go onto their website, the uh, Sound Royalties website, and take a look at their 50 income streams. Maybe there's some money yeah. out there that you're not collecting yet. You didn't even know you could collect. Yeah. And then share it with Michael and I because 
Well, no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, so, Jay, before we do our quick little wrap-up here, I don't know if you caught wind of this. I just saw this on uh, one of my YouTube channels this morning. There's a yeah. new feature in YouTube um, when you go to their studio, you know, the, the, the admin back end, where you can now very easily assign team members access to your YouTube channel. Ah, nice. You know, because yeah. all, all along, it's always been basically, you got to give me your username and password for me to log yeah, yeah. in. And, and, and then you got to be and, around when they verify. Well, and, and, the, and the downside of that is a lot of people, that username and password is actually the same username and password to their email address that they use. So you've That's technically it. got access to somebody's email account. Yeah, it's, it's not um, ideal. Yeah, and I just noticed it's like today there it's in advanced settings, and it's just permissions, and you can just send no, an invite. I that. It's I it's very check that out. simple. It's very cool. It's like thank it's about you. Time. It's about time. I mean, <laughs> good lord, everybody else has been doing this. Well, let's get with it, yeah. YouTube. So go that's check it great. out. And I haven't seen any fanfare either. You know, I haven't seen any stories about it, but that's great. Yeah, all, all, all it was for me was, you know, I logged in this morning and a little pop-up box showed up. Oh, by the way, do you know you can assign team members? And I was just like, no, I didn't, but let me see. This I do is now. exciting. That's great. It's the little things like that yeah. that make people like us extremely so excited. <laughs> extremely excited. Yeah. That's great. You know, it you know, the the other thing that's on my list which I just don't think is ever going to happen is when is Instagram going to release an iPad app? Yeah. I know you've been talking about that. Jesus I hear you. people. Just turn your iPad well, you've got to it's, turn your iPad and then, then you do the two times to enlarge it because I it's know, basically just an iPhone app. And it's just like, yeah. come on. I mean, good Lord, it's Instagram and Facebook. You can't tell me you don't have enough money somewhere to throw one developer on this and just You know what? I get it. They it. want to have it on the mobile device, your phone and all of that. I get all of that. But in today's world, it's just that's just not the way and, it works. And desktop access. Please. Really, please. Although I've, I don't know if you're aware of this, Jay, but my, my trick to get around that is um, using Apple Safari. I go up into the developer's menu of Safari, and I change it so it acts like it's an iPhone version of the Safari browser. And once you do that and go to Instagram.com, it's just like your, your mobile device. You can upload. You can do everything right from the desktop. You are a troublemaker, Mr. Brandle. <laughs> it's just like, come on, people, don't make us jump through these freaking hoops. Just do it the right way. Yeah, just make it easy. Just you know do you can it. do it. Do it. Thank you. All right. So, as All always, right. we want to do a quick shout out to Hypebot, Bands in Town, Bandzoogle, and Disc Makers. Thank you for everything you do to support us. And uh, a little plug if you're listening to us on Spotify, hit the follow button. If you're on iTunes, leave us a review and a rating. And if you're on YouTube, hit the little red subscribe button. It means a lot to us. Um, that's it. Music Biz Weekly Podcast. We'll see everybody next week.